Yo guys, what's going on? What is happening? Thank you so much for checking out this podcast. This is the Nevermind Polly podcast. My name is Matt, I am your host, and we bring you interviews and chats with the greatest rock and metal bands that that will basically answer my Skype calls and answer my uh, Instagram DMs. <laughs> this week, we have got an absolutely wonderful guest in the form of Lee Downer, from the following band, Lowlifes, and formerly of the band, The Defiled. Um, this is probably one of my favourite chats I've ever had on the podcast. Um, Lee was an absolute gentleman on the podcast, and I felt like we hit it off really, really well, really quickly. And this chat is a fantastic chat. If you are a fan of The Defiled, if you're a fan of Lowlifes, if you're a fan of Chatter About a Koala... Um, then <laughs> that will come up. Um, yeah, this chat is fucking fantastic. And I'm so happy the way it turned out. Um, thank you all for listening to the previous podcast this year. Um, thank you for the support the podcast has received in 2022. It's been super amazing. Um, if you want to, you can check out my Instagram, which is enter underscore Matt. The uh, podcast Instagram is Nevermind Polly Podcast on Instagram, and we're also on TikTok now under the name of Nevermind Polly Podcast. I'm going to shut up and let you guys listen to this podcast. This chat is a fantastic chat. So uh, I will see you on the other side. Bye for now. I'm just going to start the podcast because we're like rolling and it's all good. <laughs> We've already started. Yeah, no, absolutely. <clears throat> Um, so, welcome everyone to the Nevermind Polly podcast. I'll keep this bit really, really brief. Um, I've got a wonderful guest this week. My name is Matt, if you don't already know. Um, I've got Lee from the band Low Lives and formerly of The Defiled. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. Not too bad. Good. Decent. Good. Awesome stuff. We were just uh, discussing Norwich and, and uh, how, how good it is living where I live. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Nice, pretty bit of the world. Absolutely. Um, so I kind of start these chats the same way. Um, COVID has kind of wrecked everything the last two years and caused absolute loads of chaos. How have yep. you personally sort of navigated it? And how has it been uh, impacted abandoned things? Uh, it's pretty crap. I'm not going to mm. lie. We did, I think we were in England and Europe doing shows as it was starting to kick off. And I remember when we got to like Paris, I just remember it was almost like, you know, like 28 days later where like all the TV channels are all news channels that's what it was like when we got to paris and i remember getting to paris because we played in bristol the night before yeah. having this most insane hangover and just sitting all day because we had a day off just yeah. in this horrible hostel kind of hotel <laughs> just watching the end of the world kind of start and then we did we managed to pretty much i think we only cancelled two shows we cancelled the italian shows because it was like, if you don't go now yeah. to get back to America, yeah. you're not going to be able to get in. So we just upped and cancelled the last couple of shows. And then we've just, I don't know, we've had loads of like tours come up and then we just, they don't get, they, they just don't happen. So it's, um, it's, it's kind of weird that you say that um, you were in Paris because in March 2020, <coughs> I was in Paris because my birthday oh, falls okay. in March. And I was like, oh, I'll just have like a few days away. And um, on the final day, uh, obviously the Louvre Museum itself, it gets really busy. So I was like, yeah. I'll do that on my last day. Literally, everywhere was shut. Paris was like, no, oh, really? we're going into a lockdown. And it was like, okay, I'm leaving. Two days later, France were like, no one in, no one out. And I was like, yeah. fuck it out. 
they really, they man, they took it real serious. Yeah, absolutely. It was a clen- clenching at uh, butt cheeks time kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's what was like. when we got back to the states, we all flew on the same plane back. Yeah. Um, and then I remember landing, and then Luke, our drummer, just like looking at Twitter, and it was like the Trump announcement that is like tonight yeah. at midnight the border shuts. It was just like, oh, fucking hell. Yeah. So we definitely got back in the right time. I'm not gonna lie, the first six eight six to eight months of covid was fucking awesome yeah. <laughs> for me personally yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not for some people but um yeah because in out here i remember because I, I i basically i work i buy guitars for guitar center like the chain you mm-hmm. know the big guitar chain yeah. out here so anything that's like old and vintage mm-hmm. um we do and um just like unemployment in England, mm-hmm. like when I was a kid and I used yeah. to be on the dole, like playing, in, you know, yeah. doing the defard and being on the dole and stuff like that. You'd be like, oh, here's 44 quid a week kind of thing. Absolutely. So when our boss was like, oh, you know, we're going to have to go on unemployment. I was like, oh, my God, what the yeah. fuck? Because they wouldn't they wouldn't let me go back to work straight away because mm-hmm. I had to quarantine. And then when I did get ready to go back to work, they were just like everything's shut in yeah and i was like man how am i going to survive and then the first unemployment check came and it was like well this is the same as my actual wage oh fantastic <laughs> and I get to sit sit yeah. on my ass so it was great so yeah, yeah i did that and then like a year later we started doing stuff we went to we actually came over to england to do a record that mm-hmm. we're still kind of doing some bits and bobs on now we went mm-hmm. to actually not too far from your way we played we did it in chapel studios it's kind of Kind of like where East Anglia kind of joins like the side. It's like Hull yeah. up around that way. Okay, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like just below that. It was really nice, middle of the countryside. So we just went there for like two weeks and did a record. Amazing. Um, and that was the only trip out. And that was a fucking nightmare because mm. when we got there, it was like as COVID peaked in England this right, year. Okay. It was in like, yeah. do you remember when it like peaked in like July kind of time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. That was when we were there. So we were just like, I think we spent over a thousand pounds on COVID tests. Wow. Bloody hell. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and then yeah, I went and I hadn't seen my family for like a year. Yeah. And I went down to see them on the Isle of Wight and then my dad had it. Everyone had it. And it was just like, fuck man. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was I- a nightmare. I've managed, and I'm touching all the wood that I can see in the room, that uh, I haven't, yeah. got, haven't got it yet. Oh, nice. Um, so when I came back from Paris, I did feel particularly ropey. And yeah. although we weren't mass testing, I don't want to go and say that I had it. I had it, yeah. But, you know, it was touch and go. It was it was not very yeah. good. But um, I assumed that yeah. since I had a, you know, a holiday. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, me and my wife had it uh, over Christmas, which was fun. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell. That's yeah, it was, uh, yeah, right on Christmas. And also the uh it sounds ridiculous but we live like in the middle of like the mountains mm-hmm. and there's no like phone there's barely any phone service absolutely and then something happened with some sort of cell tower so no there was no you couldn't get any service on your phone and yeah. then the internet went too so oh normally when we first got sick i was like it's fine we'll just sit and you know watch unsolved mysteries yeah. for a couple of weeks until this all kind of blows over yeah and then we just yeah, well, then we were just sat like in the Stone Age with no internet, no TV, no nothing. So we had to like drive to another town where I, we could kind of get some Wi-Fi from a store or something. Yeah. And then we uh, I had to text our bass player who lives up here and be like, dude, please, can you bring us over some DVDs? Because we're just sat 
in yeah. silence. Like, what do we do? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> felt ridiculous. Like, how did we live like that back in the day? Absolutely. I was say you must have felt like you're in your own 28 Days Later movie. <laughs> yeah, it was bizarre. So, yeah, that's all over now. And we have internet and... Absolutely. Power and stuff, so that's nice. Absolutely. I want to go back to the start, if I can. Um, I find it really interesting talking to musicians like yourself of how you came to be a musician you are today. So, was it through your parents? Was it through older siblings that got you into guitar and, and metal? And no, like, not really. My dad was always... My dad's got really good music taste. Like, mm-hmm. he grew up, you know, taking me to, you know, shows like Ron Stone's R.E.M. and stuff like that. And then... Amazing. I remember we went on holiday to like Florida when I was a kid, like, you mm-hmm. know, one of those typical England goes to Disneyland and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember it was like hearing Smells Like Teen Spirit on the radio. Mm-hmm. And then my dad brought the record and then I was really young at the time. And then like years later, I was like, what is this? And I listened yeah. to it. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? So I was like, <laughs> I want, I want a guitar. So yeah, I just started learning to play guitar and it was like learning from, like pausing videos and just right. seeing where their hands are like i think i had mm-hmm. one guitar lesson yeah and then i was like as long as i knew how to do a power chord i was like i could play fucking green day yeah absolutely <laughs> so, so i was kind of set so i just went and did that which probably didn't vouch very well because now there's like you know kids that are 13 and they're just fucking all over the place shredding <laughs> and i just I, doesn't it doesn't really yeah i can't do that shit i mean to be I'm fair, too stuck in my ways yeah absolutely i was gonna say you, you're a very competent guitar player i mean i'm literally yeah. everyone will be sick of saying the story but i'm trying to learn bass guitar and yeah. it's one of the hardest things i play drums like i've played drums for yeah, years but nice. bass like fuck i don't know why bass i just like i gravitate towards it but yeah. um it's trying fun. to do it it's fucking yeah. hard like so yeah. i've got yeah, you the just, most amount of respect <laughs> you just basically get to a point where one day it like clicks i remember when i, yes. when I was a kid when it just some it was the same when i was learning drums as well mm-hmm. it was like just there's one bit where you're just sat like how do people do this and then it just yeah. suddenly clicks and then it just becomes fluid and easy absolutely um, you just kind of turn off and your limbs can just yeah. be their own kind of thing absolutely. um yeah and then just did that and i played in like it was like me and my friend at school. He was like, he knew how to play drums. I was like, oh, I can play guitar. And we didn't know like complete songs or anything. It was like, I know the intro to this song. And we would just play the intro over and over again kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I did that. And then later on, just, I grew up on the Isle of Wight. Mm-hmm. And strangely, we had like a lot of really good, there still is a lot of really good musicians on the Isle of Wight. I think it's just That's like an, yeah. an undiscovered place because... Now, obviously, it's better because what's that band? There's that band Wet Leg that are from there and stuff. But yeah. like now, obviously, the internet is, you know, doesn't matter where you live. Yeah, Whereas no, back absolutely. in the day, it was like, we're not going to get A&R dudes to come over from <laughs> Southampton and Portsmouth to come yeah. down to the Isle of Wight. But we actually had like, even now, like friends that still live there, they are still some of the best musicians I've ever played with. So, so we did that and then moved to London and then just started writing kind of horrible industrial kind of metal stuff and then started putting the defile together but that again was a really slow process at the beginning because it was like me and adam uh milton our original bass player it was basically me and him and just trying to find members and we were a very odd looking bunch like right at the beginning we were like little cyber kids with crazy hair and shit and uh and then we met luke cleveley who was the guitar player and then and then we met alex and alex was our drummer for a bit and then uh yeah we just went from there really and it kind of took off quite well in the defiles i think mm. we did we did okay absolutely <laughs> it 
I was going to say, I, I don't want to make you feel really old, but the first time that I saw The Defiled was one of like only the second gigs I ever went to. And it yeah. was at the Norwich Art Centre. And it was yeah. in 2011. Uh, and okay. you guys played with Romeo Must Die. Must Die, uh, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, that was a fucking great game. <laughs> that was a cool venue. I've always mentioned yeah. about that venue. That was our first ever headline tour, yeah. wasn't it? I yeah. say, so that... the guys that I go around with gigs now, uh, that was the first show we all met at that. So no we, have, way. we have fond memories of the Defiled. So thank you very much oh, for that. Oh, oh amazing. <laughs> fucking hell, that means that was 10 years ago. Yeah. <gasps> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't... I guess... I guess Grave Times was out then. Yeah, I, I was going to say. Yeah. Absolutely. And what was it that like was, in the that early was a days? Good thing. Yeah, it no, was absolutely. great. Like, at that time, that was like the real good, fun point of our band. We mm. were all kind of youngish mm-hmm. and uh, we all liked partying, I guess. So it was quite good, really. We, <laughs> no, were, we were a bit on reflection now. It's like, Jesus, we were a fucking proper handful to deal with. <laughs> um, there's a lot of. Uh, yeah, we weren't the best behaved band in the world, <laughs> that's for sure. And it probably showed because on stage now, if I probably think back, we were probably sloppy as fuck. But um, as, as, hey, far, as far as far as my recollection goes, you guys were tight. So really, I've okay. said nice. I, I, I've seen I've seen been many many gigs since, and I've seen sloppy, and you were definitely fucking okay. sloppy. So. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> a bit of confidence boost. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, that was our that was our first kind of headline tour. I think we did mm. like maybe 10 shows and we yeah. always like i grew up loving that band stamping ground and yeah. obviously romeo must die were the members of stamping ground so yeah <clears throat> i kind of knew them well and we were i was i almost felt insulting like asking hey do you want to come on tour with us but they were like <laughs> yeah man because we met we met them randomly by just playing a show in like it was like bolton or mm-hmm. somewhere like bolton i think it was bolton we played a show with them and we were like oh we got along really well Absolutely. with each other we were like fuck it let's just do a tour together so yeah that would have been yeah right when grave times came out and then i think yeah. we did an actual proper grave times headline tour after that yeah um that sounds about right if i remember i can't remember who, who was on the bill but um and then i think that was like waterfront maybe yes because i see the waterfront as well again we it was like a, a thing that we just were like oh we'll go see the defile game yeah you know oh, nice as that, yeah, we as... always ended up always ended up playing there. I think we did Murder Dolls was the first time we did there. Yes, because I actually have a photo of myself, you, and um, I've forgotten the gentleman's name, but the, uh, the keyboardist in the file. Alex, yeah, Alex, yeah. And he's. Pu- I'll try and find. I'll send it to you on Scope later. But he's pulling the, the most ridiculous face. Fa- he's yeah, just like pulling the most ridiculous face. But you just see me as like a young <laughs> teen, like, oh my god, it's the yeah. bad. Like- <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. And Norwich was always like. That was one of our like better places to go and play. Absolutely, like, it seemed to kind of go down quite well there, and I think it's because almost every tour we did always ended up going there, so we managed mm-hmm. to like build a bit of a fan base there. Absolutely, um, and then I think we did a few other headline shows there. I think we did Dragon Force. I think was yeah. there as well, maybe. Yeah. Um, don't know if we did any 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 other ones there after that. I don't think we did any other support ones there. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I was having a quick look on, on Setlist set FM and I, I started yeah. Brave Times on when I was doing some sort of uh, notes slash research and I was just like, yeah. oh god, this fucking band. Like, <laughs> just bringing yeah, back it's, several memories. <laughs> it's weird because we have so many, we, we, I don't know, we, we're very like fan-orientated bands. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think other musician dudes were just like, look at the fucking state of these guys, like, just <laughs> smashing all of our gear and stuff. I definitely don't think we were a musician's band. Because that, that, we that, that was the thing, band. 
that was the thing I remember, just being really raucous, and especially Alex just chucking his keyboard about yeah, every, every smashing time. Smashing everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, we weren't... He loves to smash his shit, that boy. <laughs> um, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It was, was a good time. Around that time, it was a really good time. So. Absolutely. I do want to touch upon um, the Jägermeister gig that you've done on a moving iceberg if you can yeah. remember, in 2014. How the hell did that happen? And what was the situation with that? Well, we had we always, we always had a really good Jägermeister endorsement. They just came to us one day. Yeah. And we're just like, we want to help you guys out. We really like your band. And we would always play like the Jägermeister tent at festivals and stuff like yeah, that. Absolutely. And they would just destroy us with alcohol. Like every, <laughs> we got to a point at the end where we, they would, they would give us, it, it equated to two bottles per show right <laughs> but they would give it to us like a week in advance of a tour so yeah. we would just get all these boxes just of jägermeister and obviously you would just go okay cool here we go and you just start yeah. <laughs> going with it i remember the actual jägermeister tour we did with ghost and gajira i was pretty much solidly drinking one bottle to myself you... a show which was that was the thing so that tour like I've since massively got into Gojira and Ghost. Yeah, Ghost so, like, yeah. role reverse, looking back at it, gone, fuck. Yeah. And I, if I remember rightly, the tickets were, like, a tenner. Yeah, and I'm tenor. like, that is ridiculous. Yeah. That was the best That was the best tour we ever did, because I was obsessed with both bands at the time. Yeah, absolutely. I remember the offer coming through, and I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. This is <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we did, we did that. And then because we did a lot of Jaeger stuff, and they... Mm. They used to help us with like promo and they used to help us even with our merch and stuff. Like yeah, they absolutely. would be like, look, if you put, there's like a tier system with Jägermeister mm-hmm. and there was like, you know, tier A, tier B, tier C. And we were, we were C and then we went to B and then we went up to A and I think it was just us and Skindred in England yeah. that were A. So they would like, they would be like, if you just put the Jägermeister logo on the back of a shirt, I will pay I, for all of your merch. I had a, yeah, I had a Defile shirt one? with, yeah, with a back on yeah. it somewhere in my loft. <laughs> Dude, it was like everything, but it wasn't like some bands you see. Well, later on, I don't really see it as much now. Like warp, a lot of like warp tour bands, you would see just fucking endorsement shit all over backdrops, and it got yeah. kind of distasteful. Jägermeister mm-hmm. just didn't seem to care. They no. were just like, as long as you put it on there somewhere, we're happy. We're like, okay, let's put it underneath like the neck where like most people's hair is over. Yeah. So it was, it's very strange. So then. After that, they just approached our manager and they were like, look, we're going to, they did like a stunt thing most years. Yeah, for sure. And they were like, this is going to be the most ambitious one yet. And we want a band that looks like a rock and roll band yeah. to do it. And we really want you guys to do it. So we knew about it for about a year. Yeah. And we weren't allowed to say anything about it. And then they just, yeah, it was bananas, man. So I think we would, we just did an American tour beforehand. And then we went mm-hmm. back to England and then we just flew out there. It was it was fun, man. It was yeah, real good. Absolutely. We we basically had to go to Iceland first, spend a night there, mm. <clears throat> which was really good, actually, the night there. I saw, like, the Northern Lights and stuff. And Amazing. Jägermeister took us out. And Iceland in general, <clears throat> like, Reykjavik is such a cool, nice place. So absolutely. did that. And then we got this little prop plane that took us over to Greenland, which mm. they literally looked at you as you went in. You're like, oh, you're a bit chubbier and you're a bit chubbier. <laughs> like, you go that side, you go that side. It was, like, fucking terrifying. And then, uh, yeah, we landed just, it's not an airport. It's mm. a fucking, it was just a strip in the middle of Greenland. Yeah. And then we didn't see any humans. And then we had a, a guy, we had two guides meet us. One was the boat driver that was from Greenland. And one was actually a dude from Leeds who was like a champion. Um, 
like a, some sort of climber. He was right. Yeah, 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 he was a really nice guy. And then he was employed to basically just look after us. They had guns on them at all times. Oh, wow, and yeah, yeah. Because they were worried about like polar bears was such a major. <laughs> Dude, polar bears fuck you up out there. Like they come, <laughs> the town we got to, we basically then got on a, like a speedboat that took us over to the place where we were going, like to yeah. stay. And all the people that stay in there, it was like a shed, yeah. And it was basically just people from like National Geographic and stuff mm-hmm. like that would stay there. Um, and it was an Italian dude that owned it, and he would make food for us every night. And it was fucking weird, man. The first night, it was like, oh, here's it was pasta and the skin of a narwhal whale i want to say that was what the dish was and i was just like oh my god and at the time i'm a bit better now at the time i was like unbelievably picky eater i still am a picky eater but like that and we had like a dude one of the camera dudes was a vegan right and he was just like i'm just not going to be able to eat for and we we had to be there for a week because there was a flight there was only one plane to go there a week wow yeah so yeah it was a bit rough Paul and Alex managed to kind of eat everything. Like, they, yeah. but there was one day, as I was saying, the polar bear thing. They would come into the town mm-hmm. and terrorize a fucking town. Like an air oh horn would go off. Yeah, and you would. They they basically learned how to open doors. Oh wow! And stuff. Bloody but hell. we're the polar bear too, and it sounds ridiculous. We were like mm. killing polar bears. Like that's yeah. got to be illegal. But yeah. they're like, no, we have to because it will kill yeah. hundred like people. You can shoot at a polar bear and it yeah. won't go down. Oh my but like God. a week before we got there, they had to shoot a polar bear because it was oh, destroying wow. the town. Yeah. And then one day they served us polar bear. They were like, oh, this oh is the God. first time we've given it to anyone that's come here. Yeah. And it was like a piece this big. Yeah. I had one bite and I was like, fuck this. this it was so <laughs> horrible. They had to boil it, I think, for 16 hours. Oh, my God. Because yeah. there's so much um, iron in it that right. it would kill a Westerner. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird. Like, and also to put it in perspective, how remote and isolated this place was. They mm-hmm. had a prison which held eight people, and they were allowed to go out an hour a day to hunt their own food. Bloody hell! Yeah, so yeah. it was it was fucking desolate, man. Like we walked through the town one. I say town; it wasn't a town. Yeah. One day, and there was like a school that had like ten kids. They all came running out of the school. They'd never seen like tattoos before. Yeah, absolutely. And uh. They were giving us like these little wolf puppies to hold, and I was like, "What is happening right now?" It was amazing, like the best experience ever. But it was like on day two, mm-hmm. they were like, "There's a gap in the weather. We have to do this now." So we yeah. actually did the iceberg thing like on day two, and then we had five days of just, just chilling. What the fuck do yeah. we do? Luckily, they had lots of wine, and <laughs> I very sensibly because I was going back to America afterwards, mm. I was obsessed with space raiders. You know those crappy crisps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally filled a suitcase with space raiders. So when we were in Iceland, I could use yeah. them as like a bartering tool to the rest of the band and crew. Cause they were like, we're so hungry. We can't eat fucking Kilauea and stuff. And I was like, well, what's it going to cost for a pack of space raiders? So I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was a good time. Absolutely. So I've got uh, just on a rant. I don't want to dwell too much on this question. Cause it's just a funny little thing. What is the animal you think you could kill with your bare hands? What's the biggest animal you think you could kill with your bare hands if you had to? I don't know. I'm scared of animals. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing. Like, my wife is vegan. And yeah, I'm, like, <laughs> close to being vegan. I'm vegan yeah. by because she cooks. Yeah. Um, I still eat chicken once in a while because yeah. chickens are still terrifying. And I think I could kill a chicken. 
I wouldn't be happy about yeah. it. No, absolutely. I mean, this is like a life or death. The animal's going to kill oh, you if you don't kill it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. We have like bobcats and coyotes around where I live, and oh, okay. I wouldn't ever, I wouldn't ever fuck with them. They would kill me in a heartbeat. I'm a fucking total puss when it comes to stuff like this. Um, I'm kind of petrified of most animals when they come towards me. Like, yeah. Yeah, they freak me out. Bugs and snakes and shit like that terrifies me. Like, I used to be petrified of dogs when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. Just absolutely scared shitless. Like, if they would come towards me, I'd just... I'd cry as a kid. Yeah. Um, so, now, obviously, I have a dog and I love dogs more than I love humans. But well, uh, no, at the time, fair. it was terrifying. <laughs> I'd say my my uh, mum's my got a terrifying... Uh, anything that flaps, anything with wings, she's fucking terrified. Like, you get... Like, put a, Put a geese in front of her, she will run a mile, I promise. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too bad with birds now. I'm like, I could do with birds. Like, yeah. I remember when we went to Australia, they would always, at Sandway Festival, they would take you to this zoo. Amazing. Um, they would take all the bands, and you yeah. would, I remember we held, like, koalas and stuff. And I remember yeah. being, like, fucking shit scared of holding this koala. Because <laughs> they were kind of... I even obviously did research beforehand, and yeah, vicious little fuckers, man. <laughs> So uh, it was good, but it was weird on that tour because it was like Chino Marino was in his band Crosses. He was on that yeah. tour too, and at first he was always on our bus with us. And I was like, yeah. ah, "It's fucking Chino Marino. This is cool yeah. as hell." And then it got to the point where he was just in the way at all times. But I do have a yeah. photo of him holding a koala bear, which is kind of cool. Amazing. I need to find what that photo is, but I just remember being like, "Oh, there's my hero, and he's holding a koala bear." <laughs> Absolutely.
They're fucking terrifying. <laughs> I was say it was. Um, obviously, being in a band and things for many different years and that, um, have you ever had a moment of, oh my God, that's that person there? Like Julian Rin, like you say, have you ever had a fanboy moment? <laughs> yeah, a few times. Like, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Gajira was funny because I really loved that band. Mm-hmm. And there was, this is a funny story, actually. I don't okay. think we've ever mentioned this story. So the guitar player, Christian, they basically the singer kind of speaks English where he does speak English, but the other yeah. guys at the time didn't really speak very good English. Yeah. I remember at the Brixton show, they were filming a DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, can't remember what that DVD is called. They were filming that. And he had gradually, over the course of a week, got this enormous, like, zit spot on his right. face. <laughs> and um, he came into, his tour manager came into the dressing room with him. He was like, can you help us? Because yeah. they were looking at us, you know, a bunch of dudes covered in makeup. And we were like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, come here, man. And I, like, gave him, I was like, hold your finger out. And yeah. then I put, like, a piece of foundation on his finger and then, yeah. he, like, put it on his spot. And then yeah. he was like, uh? and I was like, no, no, rub it in. And he just yeah. stood there like rubbing it in. And then I remember him just standing in front of the mirror and just being like, this is amazing. I get why people <laughs> wear makeup. But he like totally covered up. But you can see it on the DVD. He's just got this enormous like <laughs> zit spot around the side of his face. But yeah, I've had like actual proper fanboy moments. The Chino one was pretty cool because yeah. I fucking worshipped Death Jones. Actually, on that same tour, I stood at the side of the stage watching corn mm-hmm. and i had chino marino next to me and fuck who else was it, it wasn't fred Durr. it was another like total new metal legend they were like each side of us yeah fuck, who was the other person i remember just me and alex just being like oh my god this is fucking ridiculous absolutely um <laughs> so that was cool um no other major ones really met max cavalera a few times that kind of blew yeah. my mind um Met Pat Smear, which was really cool. Oh, wow. Amazing. He's like yeah. my proper, proper hero status. Um, I think we did a record at Dave Grohl's place that I didn't get to meet him, which sucks. Oh, my God. That, um, that, that, yeah. I, I don't, that's the thing. I'd love to meet Dave Grohl, and I don't yeah. doubt for a second he isn't the nicest guy in rock. Oh, he'd be the coolest dude in the world. But I just don't think I'd be able to cope. Like, yeah. I just don't think my, my brain would want to say something, and my mouth would just go, nope, yeah. that ain't happening. And like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally lost my call with Pat Smear. I was like, yeah. he was like, oh, really? You preferred me to anyone else? And then Taylor walked in. I was like, oh, I, I was like, I don't give a fuck about that guy. I do because he's cool yeah. as fuck. But I was just like, you're the one that I've always wanted to meet, like yeah. him and him and Dave. So, like, I have a picture of him and Dave on my wall behind. Amazing. <laughs> um, like, it was like the first. It's like a Guitar World cover, and mm-hmm. it was like the first like guitar magazine I ever brought. And I remember that was like, I need to own those two guitars. So, um, so here's that. Actually, have one of Dave's old guitars. Actually, it's kind of cool. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, no other like major, major fanboys. I know they'll probably come to me as soon as we get off of this call. But um, yeah, even like, I, I guess Jordison was up there at the time in like 2011. Yeah, I was like a huge yeah, yeah. Slipknot fan growing up, and then he was he loved our band, and mm. you know we toured together, and we became friends that was kind of cool afterwards but i remember the first time i met him being like holy fuck like he's the greatest drummer in the world at that point and just i fucking worshipped slipknot so 
that, um, that was a thing. So, so really I, cool. I was that that evening. Um, the way you murdered, you guys would play with the murder dolls, and I do believe it was Blackfell Brides in the middle, if yeah. I remember rightly, because I remember distinctly you saying on stage, it "Was like who's ready for Blackfell Brides?" And there was a split, like a literal split yeah. between the crowd, but somewhere like. Yeah, and everyone was like, fuck that band. And it was kind it of like... It was a weird tour. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> they were blowing up. I had no idea who they were. Mm. And it was like, we already had kind of that Murder Dolls crowd. And yeah. all of those, you know, Wednesday and all those guys are all of our friends and stuff. And then yeah, we're like, who is this middle band? And it was like, dude, honestly, the London show was like fucking Beatlemania for that band. Really? Like, yeah. As soon as we finished, it was like an entire different crowd came to the front of the stage. And oh, wow. Before they were playing, it was yeah. just screaming girls and yeah. kids going absolute bananas. And then as soon as they finished, their fans would go and then the Murder Dolls fans would come forward. Absolutely. It was a very strange tour. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man, that was the height of that band being huge, I guess. Absolutely. So I, I was very lucky enough to meet um, Joey. Uh, and again, yeah. meeting Joey Jordison of Slipknot fame in Norwich is just a fucking yeah. mental sentence. That's a, bit sen- random, isn't that's it? a yeah. mental sentence, isn't it? And it was just kind of like, he was just stood there and I was like, I don't know if he had his back to me. I was like, I don't know if it is, but yeah. fuck it. I'm going to look like a dick if I don't. And if it is, yeah. I'm going to regret it. And I was like, Are you Joey Jordison? He's like, hey, oh, I'm not going to try and do the American accent that he does. Yeah, but he was like, Hey, man, you all right? And I was like, I, I, and I literally just hugged him. I just yeah. had no words. I was like, "You are the you are every." And he was like, "Thanks, yeah. man. That's really cool." And I was like, "Fuck, uh, yeah." And I just I saw I said to him, I had to walk away. I just couldn't do it. I was just gonna like just break in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's a he was a good dude, man. Absolutely it's insane that he's gone. It's fucking insane. It's the thing, isn't it? You know, you see um, people pass every day in life, but. It's people like that. You just think, what? Yeah. How? Like, yeah. And the world is definitely a, a darker place without him. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. I only spoke to him like probably like two weeks before he died. Oh, fucking hell, but it was man. just. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. I don't know. He's he's had a bit of a rough life, I guess. Mm, absolutely, an incredible. Yeah, his own life. own troubles. Oh, just especially watching, especially when he did die. And guitarists as well. Tributes, yeah. Seeing mm. his people's tributes of him playing. Fuck, yeah. man. Like. Back on, like, Iowa tour, he mm-hmm. was, like, untouchable. Like, I remember when I first heard Slipknot, yeah. I couldn't comprehend what was going on. Yeah, Like, absolutely. I was just like, is this because there's three drummers? And then you realise it's like, the other two ain't doing shit. It's, yeah, 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 They're just hitting, hitting a fucking tin can. It's all him. <laughs> I remember yeah. I'd never heard drumming like that before in my life because that point I was into, like, fucking Silverchair and Deftones. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard drumming like that before. It was yeah, fucking crazy. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to try and uh, lift the mood a little bit because I got a little bit heavy, but it's all cool. It's where we go in this right. podcast. Yeah, it's fine, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Low Lives. Obviously, you spoke a little bit at the beginning of the podcast about recording uh, the record. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, so you've got a couple of EPs out. I, I have to say, I wasn't massively au fait with the material until listening to it today. And yeah, really, really impressive. Um, yeah, what, can, what can you tell us about the band and sort of sell it to the listeners, I guess? <laughs> We're just like... Basically, at the end, I've always been like a grunge kid at heart. Mm. Uh, that's what I grew up on. And I've I've always, even when I was doing the Tafada, always had songs that sound like low lives. And they yeah. just, and because I was the, you know, writer for the for the Defiled, mm-hmm. I was almost trying to like shoehorn slightly grungy stuff into the Defiled. Absolutely. And yeah, I was yeah. young and angry and it was metal, so it kind of mm-hmm. worked. And then towards the end of the Defiled, I was almost trying to shoehorn it in too much. Radio. And yeah, the yeah. songs just suffered. Like we, we, it just didn't sound like the Defiled anymore. Mm-hmm. So 
I kind of just, I don't know, man. I kind of just had enough of doing it. And then I was like, I just want to... Yeah. Writing Defiled songs became really hard. Like, mm-hmm. I remember around Grave Times and Daggers and stuff, it was easy. Yeah. Because it was just, that was what I was obsessed with. And I was young and angry and mm. writing that stuff was a piece of piss. And then it got yeah. to the point where I was just like, it's, I didn't really enjoy writing it anymore. And I still yeah. had all these like grungy songs. Absolutely. That are just, that are just easy. Like every time I can, every time I pick up a guitar, I can write most of a song. Yeah. Like, it, it's, just, it's just naturally easy because I think it's cause it's what I grew up obsessing about and I'm still obsessed about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's, we're just super grungy. It's, it's, it's almost like a modern take on 90s grunge. I, I always want to say that we're like early Foo Fighters when they mm. were still kind of punk rock. Absolutely. And again, I don't want to sound like I'm sucking your dick or anything, but the way that I perceive what I have heard is in the same way um, the band Clutch are effortlessly cool. You guys yeah. just, like, not try hard in any respect. It just yeah. sounds cool. It, do you know what I mean? And it's Thanks. it, it, it yeah. comes across as just, like I say, yeah. It's, I think it's when it's natural that's what mm-hmm. makes it easier. It doesn't feel, and that was the thing with the defiled. I remember it kind of hurt at the time, but like a friend who's quite a well-known journalist, who was like one of my best friends in the world, mm-hmm. he had to write a, 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 a piece on one of our live shows, one of the defiled shows, and he yeah. even says, you know, I, the heart that they had like two years ago seems to kind of be waning. And yeah, of course. When that came out, I was like, yeah, it's totally true. Like, yeah. I just it wasn't natural for me personally anymore. Um, I just didn't enjoy it. And that's the thing with low life stuff. It's just, it's so easy. Like we could just go and hang out all day and play guitars and just, it's kind of, it's fun. Yeah. And it doesn't feel, and I also think at that point with the defiled, it became very, I don't know. It became very music businessy. We Mm -hmm. weren't, we used to be a very DIY band and then it became like, you know, being on a label and, committed to tours and we toured so much at the mm. end and we were just like i don't know just it, it the the fun of it just left yeah no absolutely and I, and I think you know we're recording this on the 11th of january like you know you are not the same person you were this time last year the same for everybody no. and you know you grow into things you grow out of things and that's totally fine and you know like yeah. it, it, people I give you shit for that though all the time yeah <laughs> And that's sound like the first record. You're like, what the fuck? Like, you know, but this is the thing. I never, I never understand because if someone likes your first record, for example, when you release a new record, you're not overriding that last record. No, that last still record there. still exists. It's like, yeah, if exactly. that's cool, just go on to that one. Like, there's so yeah. many bands and things in the world now that you can do. Like, mm. there's no point being shitty about. It. And I think the rise of social media doesn't like. I follow like a lot of musicians oh. stuff. And people will directly at the musician, like, your new song is shit. Shit. It is like, it's insane, man. Fucking hell. It blows hell. my mind. Yeah. I, I almost wish there wasn't social media. No, I don't agreed. like it at all. I'm totally and utterly addicted to it. But yeah. um, <laughs> uh, yeah. it, it's, it doesn't... I, I remember we used to obviously get so much shit in the Defile because we were signed to Nuclear Blast and mm-hmm. it was a super metal label. And yeah. we looked like a bunch of goths in makeup i remember they would have to host all of our videos on youtube yeah man the comments were just unbelievable all times so i remember we were on tour in the states within this moment mm-hmm. and we just released a video yeah i remember waking up we were in a shitty motel and in the middle of the night 
me and Alex used to share a bed. It was just, yeah. it was like two and two. Yeah. And then one on the floor. And then I remember him rolling over and then looking at his phone. I was like, what are you doing? And he was just like, oh, this dude just says that he hopes we die of cancer. And you're just like, Fuck fucking hell, man. Yeah. You're just like, what is wrong with people now? And I, but, I think that's the thing you have to remember is they're the angry ones, not you. You're not doing the yeah, wrong exactly. thing. They've just got some serious no. issues going on and I hope they get resolved. Yeah. You know, because that's the not... thing. Everyone's going to hate something. That was another thing at the end of the Defile too was because I felt like the EP that we did at Dave Grohl's that never got mm-hmm. released, like I showed it to a few people that I kind of respected in the music industry and they were just like, this isn't your band. This sounds nothing like your band because I wanted to like we were very much a overproduced, you know, mm-hmm. really processed guitars. Sorry, man. You're right. Fine. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really processed guitars and, you know, mm. kind of did not digital sounding, but like it, it's that sound. That's like yeah. the metalcore thing was that yeah. tone. And with metalcore production, you kind of had to keep up with production trends as well for it to sound big. Yeah. And then we were like, let's just go to Dave Grohl's place and do an analog record where we all play in a room together and mm-hmm. just I even listened to it actually last week for the first time in fucking right. years oh, right. and it just doesn't it doesn't stand up right there's yeah. like a few good songs mm-hmm. but like the production everything like that like I get why because we were going to a different label at that time I get why they were like this is like super underproduced because yeah. I was trying to be kind of low lives I guess yeah no, I was you are to, now absolutely yeah I was trying to force it into that realm a little bit too much um, there's still there's two songs and I think that maybe maybe three songs that I think that maybe we might chuck out one day just because we have them yeah absolutely. Um, I think one of them we actually got remixed properly like mm-hmm. metalcore production and it does yeah. sound good oh, amazing but, yeah I don't know I don't know I don't think we'll ever do we'll see I don't know yeah no absolutely um, uh, they say never say never but we'll <laughs> exactly uh, what's, and it's just it's just music isn't it you may as well there's no point in just sitting yeah. on it you may as well just chuck it out there so absolutely um so obviously being in a, in a band and things for a long time do you ever get nervous before going on stage or is it just a case of this is what i do now and do you know what i mean i only certain times i get nervous first mm-hmm. shows of a tour i'm super yep. nervous just because and that's more nervous about gear right shit okay. like that really yeah. it's more <laughs> nerves in hoping that everything works and yeah. then the only time i've got fully fucking Oh my god! Because you you do get this slight nerve thing every show, yeah. but if you don't get that, then you must be fucking dead inside. To be yeah. honest, <laughs> there's always something. But the only time really was when we did Sonosphere, mm-hmm. uh, the main stage, because that that was the most terrified I've ever been. Because it was kind of the peak of the Defiled, yeah. And we obviously opened it and closed the festival, but that was like. I remember like peeking around the back of like our backdrop and being like, fuck me, there's 70,000 people here. Yeah. And I think reasonably recently before that, mm-hmm. we had gone down to being a four piece. Like we right. got, like Luke was no longer in the band. Yeah, of course. So I remember that being like an issue of stress as well. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and we were on super early, but I just remember being like, Fuck. I remember like turning to my wife and being like, I feel like I genuinely might vomit right now. Yeah. Um, then I had a few drinks and it was fine. And then that's yeah, the thing, absolutely. but what was also weird, because we used to play to a click track, so yeah. our, like Paul, our drummer, used to 
play to a click so you know it would be cued and stuff yeah of course. and when you do shows like that everything goes in slow motion to the point where you start questioning yeah is the click fucked or is yeah. like are we playing this at halftime kind of thing you kind of get that's when you know a show's like super good because you you get so much adrenaline and nerves yeah that everything just goes slow motion which is really weird and that's kind of what sonosphere was like for the first half of the show yeah and then after that it was just like and it's finished like it was yeah it was absolutely fast i absolutely. just remembered like vince turned around halfway through like in like song two he just smashed his bass to smithereens we're just yeah. like yeah we're a bit we were a bit out of control by that point but um <laughs> that was that was the best show it was also nerve-wracking because like when family come as well because all of our yeah. families came to that show too so that was super that really wax yeah of course, extra nerves on i know it shouldn't no but because they're your fucking family but then yeah. they're just like oh what have you been wasting your life doing oh here it is <laughs> so, uh, that's the worst thing that was what the real kicker of my wife's mum mm -hmm. who's cause fuck like she's yeah. been around music and lived for the new york dolls just crazy Amazing, shit she's done yeah. she in the whole time of the defiled never got to see us right and we did cool shows like headlining mm you know 2000 cap venues and stuff and doing really yeah. good and then she didn't come to a show and then yeah. the first show she ever saw me at was like three years ago when we were just kind of starting low lives out mm -hmm. here yeah and we played in like a shitty pizza restaurant to like <laughs> hardly any people because she was over here visiting on yeah holiday. of course and i was like man of all the shows for you to come to is the first show ever it has to be possibly the worst show i've done in yeah 15 years so that was pretty embarrassing <laughs> absolutely so obviously you've kind of alluded to it being a crazy uh band and things what is the craziest thing that you've witnessed at a show either on stage yourself or as a punter in the crowd or obviously side stage the dylan just things always gonna yeah. take some beating isn't it like <laughs> yeah. our um that's very true uh we we have come to know him in the last few years like Amazing. in the last year in the mm -hmm. last yearish he um yeah it's a long story he's yeah no, he's, absolutely. He's, he's he's a friend of ours now yeah but i remember him like just you know talking to him and stuff and just being like oh because i remember seeing them with like sister down back in mm -hmm. the day when i was like a little kid yeah at brixton academy and i remember they opened yeah. never heard them before and i was like what the fuck is this like this is because it's insane music. yeah of course but yeah them at reading festival the shitting incident that's still yeah. the most insane thing i've ever seen yeah no absolutely was, <laughs> I, I, we, I was there for that too so that was like oh, that was mind-blowing yeah absolutely I can't yeah nothing else remember. nothing else major just <laughs> bands shenanigans backstage and stuff but yeah absolutely no, yeah that, that that still takes the beat takes the yeah, unreal <laughs> absolutely um so i don't want to take too much more of your time because obviously i know you're a busy man and got things to do and whatnot um so i've got a couple more questions for you um if you can what would be your dream collaboration so you and another artist or low life's another artist me and billy corgan that would be my one currently Ooh, i've always been be obsessed <laughs> with smashing pumpkins like always they've been one you know top three bands but yeah. just in the last year i've become fully obsessed like he's such an insane songwriter i think it's when they released the um 
is it 30 fuck is it 25 or 30 years of melancholy they released like I a i think it's 30 i want to say yeah it must yeah. yeah it was 90 yeah it was it was 95 wasn't it yes yeah, yeah. i remember buying the bullet from butterfly bullet with butterfly wings single when i was a little kid i remember mm. pre-ordering it yeah. but um he that re-release of that has got mm. I mean, it's a fucking double album anyway. Yeah. Like, and it's not like a short double album. It's like no. you know, 15 songs per yeah. side. But this new deluxe thing has all the songs from that era that were potentials for the record. Yeah. Dude, there's like 85, 90 songs on the fucking thing. And you're just like, <laughs> how can you write Gish, then Siamese Dream, which are yeah. both just unbelievable albums, and then be like, oh, here's like nearly 100 songs yeah, for absolutely. a double album. And you're just like fucking balls on him and then i kind of obviously jumped you know started listening to you know heavier shit in yeah, my absolutely. 20s yeah and now since going back to back to records that pumpkins did after i kind of not lost interest in them but like after because yeah. i didn't really like adore and i kind of liked machina but i've started mm-hmm. to like get into listening to like the zeitgeist record and the oceana record and stuff yeah. and then even there you're like fuck me his songwriting is yeah crazy he's such a unbelievable talent but i would just i don't even want to collaborate with him i would basically yeah. just like to sit in a room and peep yeah and see how he does it because i've heard he basically just sits on an acoustic guitar with a fucking dictaphone yeah. and he just records these little tapes and then he just puts them on a shelf yeah and then he, he basically has a whole room that's just filled with these little tape ends that he just labels and they're yeah. just all song ideas and then it's amazing I don't know, it's crazy to me, man. Um, I don't know what he'd be like, and that's the annoying thing. I remember I went to, like, Marilyn Manson's birthday party a few years ago. Righty-ho, yeah. And I remember Courtney Love and everyone was there, and he, and I was hoping he was going to be there because the previous year, my wife went to that party, and I was playing shows in England, Yeah. and she was texting me. She was like, I'm sat next to Billy Corgan now, and I was just like, fuck! Yeah. Kroll was there, like, everyone was there. And then when I went... when we went to his party the year after, he typically wasn't there, so yeah, um, which sucks. But yeah, he's the he's probably the one. I'd love to sit and watch Dave Grohl mm, make stuff too, but I feel like Grohl's very it's a bit classic rock now. Yeah. I guess the new stuff. I'm not really massively into the new stuff, but just yeah, I would like to. I think Corgan still has it still. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah, I'd just like to watch him. Watch him, and he's just dude. He's one of the best guitar players ever, and he just gets no recognition for it at all. No, absolutely, of course, and that's the thing. I, again, much much like yourself, I was I got into um, sort of punk rock, then into metal, and it was kind of like there's a whole subsection of rock and metal that I've kind of yeah. not avoided, but like not gone to, but gone so like deep into yeah, yeah, and I kind of due to Spotify and everything else, you can now have everything all at once. Everything, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, actually, I'll give Smashing Pumpkins a go. I'll give Alice in Chains a go. Oh, these yeah. are fucking incredible records. Yeah. I've been an idiot and just slept on it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that era of music, the 91 to 95, there's yeah. some just insane records, man. Like, super Absolutely. unknown. Even, like, even because now we see them as these classic records and you see, mm-hmm. I don't know, you like, you're like, oh, that's, you know, 
millions upon millions of people bought that record like that's yeah. not going to be cool but then when you yeah. listen to it you're like jesus christ no these records are still untouchable absolutely for, for a reason so absolutely absolutely um mentioning spotify and everything else everything being available to everybody what albums are you currently listening to at the minute or what's what's on your playlist at the minute let's have a look I, I see you've got this? a um a drug church t-shirt on which is a very cool yeah band. drug church the best yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> uh, i fucking love the bands i really like the new placebos quite cool um mm-hmm. got into this band called throne okay h-r-o-w-n it's right. like fucking heavy like really brutally okay. heavy uh what else but listen to let's have a look recently played uh my friend christian's band they're called whores mm-hmm. um Savage name. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, it, is it spelt how it's? Yeah, I imagine it's spelled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're both like Nirvana kids. Yeah. So, uh, but they're more like a doomy, sludgy, noisy okay. thing. Like it's all fuzz and yeah. it's fucking heavy. And it's nice. fucking angry. But there's that. Sounds uh, good. <laughs> yeah, they're really good, and their merch is so fucking awesome. But you can't walk around America with fucking, especially where I live in the mountains, where it's yeah. like particularly <laughs> rednecky and Trumpy. You can't really walk around yeah. with a shirt that says "fucking whores" on it. So, <laughs> um, well, it's higher power. Uh, yeah, great band. Still, Biffy Clyro. I really like that new record. Still, yeah. Um, quicksand that new quicksand records fucking awesome i actually yeah. prefer the new quicksand to the old quicksand stuff and like when they were releasing new stuff i was like oh old yeah. band releasing new stuff same with the new failure stuff i actually yeah almost like the new failure better than the 90s stuff <laughs> um and then it basically just goes into <clears throat> smashing pumpkins obsession um yeah it's literally machina monuments of terminology um Wow, listen to that new Vein FM song is pretty cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, um, fucking heavy. Um, still straight from the path, Kubla Khan. I still like heavy yeah. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I can still write heavy stuff, but it just doesn't come as naturally as like grungy stuff. Um, yeah, wow. Trying to think, really. What's actually really cool? I was obsessed with Green Day, as most people were when they were kids. Yeah. They've actually just put their BBC Live sessions. Like, okay. all the ones they did at Made Avail over the years, they put them all on Spotify. Oh, they they right. did, like, a song a week. Yeah. Or, no, a song every two weeks. But then they would delete the other song when they would add a new song. And it was just like, motherfucker, like, I want the whole of them. But then they've just put all of them on there. But it oh, starts okay. from, like, from, like, the Dookie period. Yeah. It starts there and then gradually Amazing. works through. So the first three sessions are really good because it's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. as they were just on fire. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, fucking hell. Yeah, I'm all over the place. That's the, the joy of Spotify. It is, yeah, absolutely. as much as it is killing artists slightly, but I mean, yeah. it does help. I mean, I still listen to like Torch and mm-hmm. bands like that, like Doomy-ish kind of bands. Uh, there's a band called uh, from shit, they Florida or Atlanta? I can't remember. Called Yeah Sure. Okay, they're really good. Um, <laughs> I still love like violent soho like i think violent soho were one of those bands that like when i was doing the defiled like i remember going to see them in like because they're australian seeing them in like underneath like a fucking soup kitchen place in in old street and it was like me my wife and like three other people watching them now they're like the biggest band in australia they have been for the last like 
10 years but when we saw them like 15 years ago that was almost like a turning point of it was from that point i literally i think i turned to my wife and i was like i need to start like a grungy band like this because this is kind of where my heart lies kind of thing so i still love that band love everything that they put out um yeah absolutely i've got one reliving my youth (laughs) (laughs) you're fine (laughs) i've got one final question and that is a very simple one what is coming in 2022 for you personally and everything with the band who knows there was there was tours but now Mm. tours are getting cancelled again too so the ones that we were you know it's not i I honestly don't think stuff's gonna be we have a couple stuff potentially coming up in the next few months but Mm -hmm. I just don't know if it's coming out. We're going to, yeah. I think we're going to release a couple of singles, not mm-hmm. from the record that we recorded. We're going to yep. release a couple that we other ones that we have. Yeah. We're going to finish that record. We just basically have to, like, we're getting it mixed and stuff currently. Yeah, um, sure. That should be done pretty soon. Don't know. It's tough, man. Like, you're supposed to be touring. Yeah, no absolutely. Tours. So, like, we just, we're so reliant on touring. And, you know, you, you want to release a record around when you have a touring cycle of course and it's just like you can't then be like right this is the date we're going to release a record and then those tours get cancelled then you're like you're just fucked basically so i think we're just going to carry on i mean that's what kind of was handy at the beginning of the pandemic because the songs that we have out already mm-hmm. were intended to be an album yeah and when the pandemic stuff hit we were like, oh, I don't know, like, what are we going to do? Because we don't know when we're going to be out on the road again. We don't know. We didn't know whether to just drop that record and then be like, I guess we're just not going to tour it. Yeah, And then you course. get, like... Because, you like, with a record, you get one shot at it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you have to do, do yeah. all of your all of your press lead up, all of your press when it's out, and then all the touring when it's out, and touring just before it. And it was just like, let's just break up the whole record into A and B sides. Yeah. Um, so we basically just, you know, worked out which ones we wanted as the A's, which were the mains. Yeah. And then the other records that kind of weren't B-sides. They were just yeah. like, you know, the other songs on the record. We basically just paired each song together and just did a release every couple of months. Yeah. Which kind of helped a lot. It trickled us out quite well. And it's good with playlisting and stuff. I was about to say playlisting is the new way forward, isn't it? For yeah, exactly. Now, so. Yeah. That's what sucks because our friend uh, Ali has, mm-hmm. is leaving Spotify. Um, oh really and she was she really liked our band so yeah um that's going to be a bit of a kicker um absolutely absolutely so yeah we'll see really so i think we're gonna release a couple of songs and then we'll release the full length which none of the songs that are out currently will be on this full length it's like a totally separate new album so in essence we'll have like two and a half albums out yeah of course absolutely i hope you know by the end of this year so fantastic stuff we'll see but again again it just it just yeah, of course. It we have to coincide with some fucking tours. Absolutely. We're going to touch some wood, cross some fingers, and hopefully yeah, you guys exactly. can, can get out. Um, Lee, thank you so Absolutely. much, my man, for taking the no time. Worries, man. It's been so a fun. fucking pleasure. Um, nice. Yeah, it's been really, really cool. I'm going to awesome, do the, um, the quote-unquote fake goodbye. Um, awesome. And then we're just going to have a quick chat after. But um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for it's me, been man. awesome. Cheers, guys. See you next week. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Yeah.